This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment, where they pride themselves on equipping their customers with the tools they need to get the job done right. They are dedicated to set the standard for quality, convenience, and reliability. At Tallman, your opinion is important to them. Rate and review any product or tool you've used on their new website at tallmanequipment.com. Line 11 Clothing Company. Making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at Line11Clothing on Instagram. And last but not least, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo knife today. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast. This podcast was created for hardworking fathers. About the podcast, we recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important. But when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, we can transform and impact future generations. Our special guest today is Dave Domzal. Dave is a husband, a father of two. He hosted the Dad Devotional podcast, where he encourages men to put on Christ and provides practical advice to live out your God-given purpose. Dave is also an entrepreneur and writer, founding RunTheMoney.com to help families fuel their family's financial future by starting family-owned businesses, growing their career, and leaving a legacy of giving back. Welcome to our show, brother. Thank you so much, David. Great name, by the way. Thanks for having uh, me. Exactly. Two days don't make a right, right? That's right. <laughs> but uh, Dave, uh, I hope I didn't butcher your name, bro. Domzalski, right? Domzalski, you nailed it. Thank Domzalski. you. Okay, okay. Yeah, I had some friends that had the same ski last name. Ornowski <laughs> was his name. His, his name was a Dave as well, too. I was in the military with the guy. But um, anyhow, long story short, tell us about your story, brother. I heard you had an amazing story. Sure. No, absolutely. Again, thanks for having me on. And hey, hey guys, thanks for listening. Uh, so yes, I'm, I'm Dave Domzowski, host of the Dad Devotionals podcast. And basically, you know, my, my story is one of, it took me a while when I left high school and college to get back to God. Um, I, I, was the, I was the kind of person that thought I was, I could do it, I could do it myself. Um, I grew up in a family where we, I was raised Catholic and we, we kind of paid lip service in many ways to the faith. We would go, we'd go to church every Sunday um, and, and do the whole, you know, we would stand, kneel, listen to the gospel, do the whole Catholic thing, go, go to Eucharist. I went to Catholic school all my life, um, but I never really had a firm foundation in the faith. Sure, I prayed here and there, but it was never something that I felt was a part of my life outside of that Sunday. Uh, even though, like I said, I went, I went to Catholic school. We, we were educated in the faith in very many ways. Um, but what it came down to was my dad wasn't the one leading the charge. My mom was the one always, always taking us, but my dad never for three boys. I mean, I was the, I'm the oldest of three for three boys. He never laid that, that foundation, that, that faith was important, that above our earthly father, him, there was our, our heavenly father. He actually would end up going and getting the groceries. So he was serving the family still in a way, but instead of, you know, leading us mm -hmm. in the faith and, and in the practice of, of, um, of being Christians, he would actually just go off and do something worldly. He would be 
uh, grocery shopping or doing something else. And it, it just left me with this, with this notion that it just wasn't that important, or at least it wasn't as important as may, maybe it was for other people. And so growing up, I mean, I, I, I never made it a priority. Uh, in, in Catholicism, we have, we have confession. After I left high school, I want to say my, my next confession wasn't until I started out as an Orthodox Christian, I want to say like six years ago. Mm-hmm. So it was, and it's a very, very much a, a, a fundamental practice of the faith. Anyone who listens who's, who's Catholic or Orthodox knows that if you're, if you're devout, you go to confession. And, it, it, and so I was left with all of these, uh, with all of these, just these sins and these pressures to, 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 to drink in college and to do all these different things that, you know, it's, it's college life. Yeah. And I, I wasn't, when, when I left and I, and I met my wife, it, it, it can't, I mean, having that relationship with her and it just became something that I didn't want to live that life anymore, but I didn't know, I didn't know where to turn. I, I left college, a very confused person, a very angry person in very many ways. Cause I was living a life that I didn't want to live. I, I went into a job that uh, my parents kind of directed me into and it was, it was in a, it was in accounting. And while I had this degree and I was, I was grateful that I was able to, to turn it into a job right away. I mean, I knew I had, I was going to have a job in, in a junior year. And I know a lot of folks graduate college, not only deeply in debt, but have no idea what they're going to do. They end up taking another job if they can get a job at all. Yeah. Um, but it, it left me very angry and confused. And if, honestly, I directed that anger at God. And I, as, as much as my wife, who was a, who's a very faithful woman, a uh, very devout woman, as much as she tried to encourage me to turn to him, I actively tried not to. Um, I actively went out of my way not to do it. And to my, to my detriment, because I think as men, we, we like to, what do we like to do? We like to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and, and make it all about us. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I, I fought him. I mean, you know, before you, you hit record, David, you were mentioning uh, Jonah and the whale. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was very much, you know, trying to say, no, no, God, I, I, I want nothing to do with you. This is all about me. This is the David Domzowski show. Um, but it, it was, it was interesting. That very same job that I didn't like doing would take me on a, on a lunch break when I was when I was sick of being in, in the, you know, stuck in the four walls doing accounting work all day, he, God would take me on a walk past a uh, Catholic church. And I fought like heck <laughs> to uh, not enter. But one day I did. I said, you know what, tomorrow I'm, I'm just going to go. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to go home and see what happens. And David, I, I walk in and I sit down and the priest is giving the sermon and I just ball. Mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't hold it any longer. And it felt very much like a homecoming. And, and from there, I mean, that was 2013. So less than 10 years later, I, uh, we completely changed our lives. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you, you talked about you becoming a, 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 a pastor yourself. Well, here in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, I've been tasked by our priest to help start a mission church, an Orthodox mission church here. Mm-hmm. The church that we attend is about an hour away. And it's just 
it's amazing what God has done. And it's amazing that he's faithful. I mean, yeah. we, we believe that we, sometimes we, we think that he forgets about us in so mm-hmm. many ways. And, you know, I speak to that a lot on, on my show, but he doesn't. And I can, I can, now I can turn back and I can see every little step along the way, mm-hmm. how he was stitching this, this whole plan together. And it wasn't a straight plan because I didn't allow it to be because I got in the way, my, my own head, my, my own will. But I can see the trajectory of how he got to me, to where I am today, trying to help lead men, although I'm an imperfect man myself. And then also the, the very huge responsibility and blessing to task, because I don't know how it works necessarily in, in um, other denominations, but in orthodoxy, it's the people that lead it. So we have a priest that comes in and helps every now and then, but this priest asked me to be the quote unquote reader for the services. So mm-hmm. when there's no priest available, when there's no deacon available, I'll be leading the service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, wow. if, so if I'm not there and, I, and you know, I, I'm going to try to partner with another, uh, another man or two, to do this. But if I'm not there to do it, it doesn't happen. And we want to have regular services going forward starting in June. So, you know, I'm like, why? Why is God asking me to do this? Why is God asking me to speak to men every day on my show? Why is God asking me now to take on this very big responsibility of planning a church, which I know absolutely nothing about? But as I, as I said, as I, as I look back through everything that I've done, and despite me fighting him, this was his plan for me. This was his will for me all along. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. And you're absolutely right. We tend to get in his way as men, right? Yep. <laughs> we don't like asking for help, number one. No. <laughs> ever. <laughs> and then we don't like admitting when we're wrong, you know, um, a lot of times, even in, in my own walk, in my own journey, I didn't want to accept what God was putting before me. You know, I just wanted to be a journeyman lineman. I just wanted to, to make money and, and retire and my kids become linemen. And I had it all planned out myself. Little did I know that God's plan was different. You know, yeah. it's still in the same capacity in the line trade to reach those people, right? Because that's my my assignment, but my job is being able to help men, right? Um, Through the years and through our industry and just me working, I know a lot of people that have been jaded by quote unquote religion, okay? Oh, you guys are hypocrites and all this stuff. But what they forget is I'm a man too. I made a lot of mistakes, Okay, I've, I've done the drugs, I've done the drinking, I, I've done the pornography, I, I've been there, you know what I mean? There's no temptation that I haven't seen just like them. And I'm a living testament to say, hey, man, you don't have to live that way. If you want to live that way, that's on you. You're the one at the end of the day who, who's going to have to answer for that. I'm not going to judge you, whatever. But when it starts eating at you, when it starts destroying your vibration, and you're, you're wondering why things aren't going right in your life and you got to start facing yourself in the mirror. Guess what, brother? I'm going to be there right by you to give you a hand up, not a handout. Amen. You know, and, and that's what I think people need to understand about a relationship with, with Christ, not religion. I absolutely hate 
that term religion because you know we're talking about jesus right now and i know people probably might get offended but whatever it is what it is you know um jesus was always with the prostitutes he was with the people that were uh sinners tax collectors you know if you if you really look at it tax collector that was the biggest thief it's no different than the politicians today that mm. are stealing our money mm -hmm. you know jesus was with these people because he knew that they were the ones who needed help yeah. they are the ones who are in these positions that were hurting the people below them, right? The thieves. Yeah. So he knew and he understood, I need to have influence over these people. Because in the Bible, it talks about when the leaders, when, when an evil leader is in charge, the people grow. And that's what we're seeing today in California. We're seeing that throughout the whole entire nation. These people who shouldn't be in charge are in charge and people are groaning mm -hmm. tax prices are going up all kinds of stuff so whether you believe in god or not you're seeing the fruit of everything that's happening absolutely you know but uh dave tell us a little bit about your father you said that he took kind of a back you know and i don't want to make this sound bad but he kind of took a back seat to leading right he served in his capacity mm -hmm. but do you think that the reason why he didn't want to lead is because he felt uncomfortable in that position. Yeah, that's a good point. It's actually not one that I actually thought about, but, but maybe I, I think to a degree, mm -hmm. uh, I think sometimes the Dombrowski men uh, let the, the women run the show sometimes mm -hmm. if I, if I'm honest um, just because it's, you don't want to quote unquote have the fight and it's quote unquote easier um, but I, I know my dad, actually, in terms of the Catholic Church, especially, he he had he very much saw and he's not wrong in many in some ways, mm -hmm. but he very much saw the Catholic Church as a business. And that yeah. that's all they're really there for is to and, and that's to their that's, you know, that's their fault, because there's so many different things that happen in the Catholic Church. Philadelphia was the epicenter in many ways of the the the, the clerical uh, the, or the, is that the right word? Clerical abuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we actually, uh, we, had, there was a priest in one of our parishes that tried to get my, me and my brothers to become uh, altar boys. And he ended up being someone that was arrested for, for all that. Luckily, wow. my mom, my mom and my, my grandfather was one who said, don't ever let your, let your kids. And he was <laughs> well before anything ever came out. So he, I guess he had a, he had a suspicion, mm -hmm. but the point is um, he had those, those different uh, attitudes towards the church. And you know what, that to, to its detriment, um, you know, when you say, when you say, uh, uh, what, what were you, what were you just saying? You're not religion. Um, you know, you're Relate. saying religion, you were saying religion. Yeah. yeah. You know what, that's the stigma that it has and it's unfortunate. Um, but what I what I found in in, uh, in the Orthodox Church is that is there is there some of that there? Sure, it's it's in everything because it, we're we're human beings. But what I found is that's more that relationship that you talk about. I feel like in in many ways we we have that personal relationship with 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 Jesus in terms of especially as as you, as you're we just went through Pascha, and um, that's what we call that's what we call Easter Eastern. Uh, Eastern Easter is, is Pascha. And what we found is that as we've journeyed through that, through those, through those weeks, 
you know, you're called to prayer, you're called to fasting. And I got to tell you, when you're, when you're doing that prayer and fasting, there's nothing that leads you closer to Christ, at least from what I've experienced yeah. than doing that. I mean, you, you feel like you're in the trenches leading up, especially Holy Week. There's so many services. There's like three services a day. You're there. You feel like you're venturing with him as he, as he goes to the cross. Um, so that's been a very special thing. And so I, I think my dad not having that, not having any kind of upbringing, not, not really being a, a curious person in the faith because of all these things that, that went against him. I mean, think about, you know, we say um, Satan's or, or the, the gates of hell will never prevail against the church, mm-hmm. but, and it's true. But the thing is, it will prevail against us if we don't seek out the church, if we don't seek out that relationship. And I think my dad was so, um, it was just so beaten down by uh, the, the way the church acted, the way, what, how, they, how they allowed these things to go on for so long, how they yeah. allowed themselves to be looked at as, as, as a business, that he was just left jaded there. And, yeah. you know, so some of it was his fault and a lot of it wasn't. And, you know, there's a, my brothers have fallen away from the faith too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very much because of the things I described. So I, I try to be an example where I can. I'm not the best. I have very many sins like the rest of us, but I, I try to at least throw it in there every now and then. Well, you know, my, 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 my brother stayed with us for a couple of days over, over Christmas. And I just explained, like, he, he, he's like, he said to me at one point, uh, David, why would God care about me? I'm, I'm a, just a nobody. I'm just one person. I'm like, dude, he cares about all of us. Yeah. <laughs> He cares about all of us and he loves us. I mean, all that stuff that we went through as kids, like, you know, he, he was there, you know, he, he's, he's there for dad if dad wants to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so that's, that's kind of where it is. I mean, it's, it's a shame, you know, it's a miracle. It's, it's God's will that I came back and I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I, and I hope that he uses me hopefully to bring my family members back, but that's all in his time. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And um, I think a lot of men are, you know, you know, just go back to your, your father, right? You said something about being jaded. Um, it being a business sense, yeah. you know, and absolutely. I, I, I even felt that same way too, when we went to a mega church and I felt it was run like a business, you know, anytime that the church is telling you that the lead pastor, right? Right. It's all about his image. Yeah. Right. Everything's about his image. You have to have a smile on your face because you represent this certain pastor. I'm sorry, that's wrong. <laughs> you know, that's religion, you know, because at the end of the day, it's supposed to be about Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, yeah. not some person's, you know, image. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of people are seeing that. Uh, another thing I've seen too is, you know, when they start talking about tithing, I'm a tither. I believe in tithing and just not because some man's telling me to tithe. Right. But because I've seen evident in my life, I'm one of those guys that, okay, you tell me something's going to happen. If I tithe, I'll want to see it firsthand. Show me. So I started tithing and man, lo and behold, when raises came about, I got the raise when uh, layoffs came about. Guess what? I was still working when I did get laid off. I was taken care of, you know what I mean? So tithing works, you know, and 
it, you know, if it can work for somebody like me, you know, like Paul said, chief of all sinners, you know what I mean? It, it, it works. We have um, a lot of celebrities who talk about it now talking about tithing. And another thing that they're starting to talk about is fasting. I thought that was interesting that you talked about because everybody's on the fasting right now. They're fasting to lose weight. They're fast, you know, these intermediate intermediate fasting yeah uh, oprah talked about fasting uh you got uh big c- celebrities and influencers on on youtube uh, wes watson he's talking about reaching a higher elevation through fasting and stuff like that and there's a lot of truth to that because when you fast what you're really doing is you're telling your body right mm-hmm. you're 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 letting your body know that hey you are not in control right and you see that when you fast and you start getting cranky, you start getting hangry, as I like to call it, you'll see how much influence your body has. And you're going to tell who's in control. You know, is it going to be your, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions, which is your soul, or mm-hmm. is it your body? Because that's what human beings are. We're spirit man. We're soul, which is where your mind, your will, and your emotions live. When you make yeah. these decisions and your flesh, your body, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we consist of. So when you fast, you actually are telling your body, Hey, you're not in control. You know, you need sleep. Okay. Well, guess what? You're not going to get this amount of sleep today. I'm going to wake up early. Right. You know, you start putting it into submission. And then when you do that, it's easier for you to say no to, uh, the drugs or to the negative influences in your life. Cause now you're back in control, but you need to get back into control. Absolutely. You know um, what's your take on that, Dave? Well, no, I'm glad you brought that up because, and that you're, that you're harping on that a little bit, because the thing about the thing about fasting, what I, what I've learned is that, you know, when you're thinking about the passions, like, you know, you mentioned pornography, a lot of guys deal with that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Any kind of sexual addictions, especially those kind of things. Fasting really helps with those because it'll, it allows you to say just what you were saying. You're telling the body, no, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're giving yourself a limitation. And then what it allows you to do is you go to God in prayer because you're, you're experiencing that bodily strife mm-hmm. and it allows you to direct your attention towards him. And when you think about a lot of the different, um, you know, if it, with your, talking about orthodoxy or Catholicism or anybody that's done any kind of um, really, really made strides in their spiritual lives and really lived a godly life. It always goes back, back to prayer and fasting because you're constantly reorienting yourself, turning yourself toward, uh, toward Christ. I mean, you know, you you talk about sleep a a lot of, if you think about the monks, I mean, what, what they do is they take, um, they, they do vigils. They deny themselves sleep. They, they deny themselves food, deny themselves sleep. And they just put themselves at the mercy of the Lord. And it, it's interesting because one of the, you know, Satan, it, 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 you know, the demons will attack your dreams, right? When you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so they'll stand at attention. They'll, they'll be watchful of their minds and of their hearts and of their bodies at the hours when the world is sleeping in many ways and they'll stand and they'll, and they'll pray for the world. They'll pray for themselves. They'll pray for their path to, uh, to holiness while being sleep deprived while, while doing all this, mm-hmm. while Satan's attacks are at their highest. Mm-hmm. I always, I, I, I learned that story. I don't know. I think about a year ago, I thought that was really interesting. 
Um, but you know, fasting in general, all of us can benefit. It's not just, it's not just a, a diet fad or anything like that. It's very much a spiritual practice. And it's, it's a very big part of orthodoxy because, uh, you know, you look a lot of the other Eastern religions, um, there's, you know, the Western Christianity, which mainly focuses on, you know, Protestantism, Catholicism, but there's also Eastern Christianity with orthodoxy. And it takes a lot, it takes some of the fundamental practices that you'll see in some of these other Eastern religions, but mm. it's all centered on how it's, how it's that relationship with you and God. You talk about a relationship with God, you're, when you're, when you're fasting, you're in a relationship with God. Because oh, yeah. if you're if you're a Christian and you're doing it and you're praying and you're fasting and you're, you're you you have this uh, focus of putting off all of these sins and putting on Christ, putting on that armor of God, well, you need God to get through, you know, a day, a, you know, a twenty four hour fast or in, in, in during um during Lent for for Orthodoxy, it's you know you're giving up meat, you're giving up fish, you're giving up all all the good stuff. You're basically on a vegetarian diet, and for mm. a guy that likes meat. <laughs> Oh, if yeah. I didn't have that prayer, that relationship with God, I would not make it. And mm. I'm not, I will admit, I am not the best faster, but I'm trying to get better. Uh, I was better this year than I was last year. So it's, that's all, that's all in God's will and in God's timing. So, you know, th thanks be to God for that. Mm. But um, it's, it's very much something that I think all Christians should do because especially, you know, especially dad, set the example <clears throat> for your wives and for your kids. Yes. Uh, show, show why, you know, you know, be that, be that priest or that pastor of your, of your home church, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, and, and guide your disciples, your wife and your kids in the, in the fine arts of what it means to be a true Christian. Uh, you really can't go wrong with that. And, it, and it's really going to set, it's, it's going to set the tone in your house. And then mm -hmm. you're, you're going to model that behavior for your kids, which is so important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things I always talk about on our, on our show is, how you need to model at your home. You know, you are who you are at your home. You know, you can be this fun loving guy at work and jolly and everything, but when you come home and you're a miserable wreck, you know, that's who you truly, truly are. And you need to find that alignment of, who, you know, of, of being the guy that you're at home at work, you know? Yeah. So when you're coming home, you know, and this is what I used to do. I was go lucky, happy, singing at work, everything. And I'd come home and then all of a sudden I was the stern Dave, the guy who should have been at work. The one that was like, don't do that. Don't do that. Clean this, pick that up. You know what I mean? All this different stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, finally, finally, I was able to swap that role. You know, I was able to swap that role and, and truly start showing that empathy and love in my family and modeling that and letting them see a difference in me. You know, and I believe that if you can lead your home, then you can lead the workplace. You know, Definitely. I think a lot of times we get that flip flopped and, and get that confused. You know, we think we're good leaders at work, but then we're terrible leaders at the home front, you yeah. know, cheating on your wife or or whatever, mm. maybe being an alcoholic or whatever, you know, drug addict, whatever, you know, Um we definitely need to be that role model and example to our children. I thought something was pretty interesting. I read the other day where it talked about how leave the world a better place by raising children that are productive to society. Amen. I mean, if you, if you don't like the way your kids are when you're not around, that's on you. You know, if your kids are running amok, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's hard it's it's hard to hear it is yeah. but that's on you that that's that's your watch you failed you failed yeah. you know if you're really taking ownership 
like everybody's into extreme ownership now and all that, you know, uh, take ownership and that's on you. That's your watch. So, you know, um, Dave, I wanted to ask you, you talked about being confused and angry, mm-hmm. which I know there's a, a lot of times men tend to boil over and, and get confused and get angry and, and not make right decisions. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of times it has to do or a lot of, a lot to deal with that is suppressing mm-hmm. trauma, suppressing things, you know, you're not dealing with something. And uh, one of our past guests talked about how when you're filled with anxiety and, and stuff like that, that that's actually a good thing. It's actually an indicator that you're ready to start dealing with this. So when it starts coming out, it's like having your car on empty and your light pops on. That's exactly what anxiety is. Yeah it's a warning system for us to be like, Hey man, you need to deal with this trauma that's going on inside you. You can't carry it anymore. I believe that a lot of sicknesses, a lot of the, uh, you know, heart problems are a lot of back problems, a lot of overweight problems, thyroid, all that stuff have to deal with the trauma that we're never meant to carry. Mm. You know, we need to start doing that inner working, that inner healing. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, you said, Men make it about us. Can you elaborate a little bit more about that, brother? Yeah, sure. Well, you mentioned, you know, well, you meant first of all, you mentioned thyroid issue. I actually have a uh, mm. um, hypothyroid, and I found that out shortly after college because I was I was wrestling with uh, this not wanting to be in the job that I was in, and I. I very much had it out with my parents at this time of my life. Um, so you talk about stress and anxiety and all that and all that building up. Um, I didn't want to do what I went to college to do. And it's probably pretty extreme to think about that and do and, and say that, especially upon graduation. And, and, you know, you're, 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 I'm a parent now. So I would understand, I kind of understand what that would feel like and what that would look like. But as the 20 something going through it, mm-hmm. it, it was all consuming. And uh, I went toe to toe with them for, for years over this. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're just, slowly now making the relationship but you know to answer your question uh I did make it all about me then um and I'm still trying to not be that person that makes it all about them uh growing up as the as the as the firstborn and then very much having having parents that you know they 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 loved us they encouraged us but at the same time they, you kind of got torn down, uh, I want to say emotionally and mentally in many ways. And so I didn't really grow up with the greatest self-esteem. Mm. Um, so when I had the opportunity to make things about me, I, I kind of left that. <laughs> yeah. And this really made headway when I met my wife and we started going out together. We ended up getting engaged. I mean, she was after college, she was the, the one and only, you know, we, 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 uh, we met actually because of work. So thank God <laughs> we met in a, she was also in accounting. We met at a, at a training for, for first time uh, employees down in Orlando. And we were going out basically from the end of that year and got married and we've been together ever since that was 06. But she's really been a person that has allowed me to, to shake off the old Dave uh, but it didn't come without a lot of effort. Um, 
in our relationship, I made it all, I made it all about me and made it all about my job, my stuff with my parents. And if no one wanted to talk about that or, or help me try to solve it, um, then it, you know, I, I didn't have the time for you. I, 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 I didn't put her first, like I should have in many ways. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I'm trying to make up for that now in my marriage. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, I mean, and I just want to say like, just guys, like when you're going through your stuff, because we all go through our things, we all go through unhappiness with our careers um, or just with our general state, or we're all battling God. I got to tell you that the best thing to do is not make it about you. You got to step out of yourself. And it's like what, what you said before we hit record, you got to give all that to God, like get it off of you. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't dump it on your significant other. Don't dump it on your spouse because I did that. And it, it made for a rocky first couple of years. We went through things and almost breaking up a couple of times. We didn't have to go through all that, but yeah. I was selfish. I was so focused and laser focused, like a horse with blinders on myself. Yep. I could only see my lack and what I didn't have. And anybody that tried to steer the ship in a different way, I fought them because it wasn't what I wanted. I didn't want to hear about what God would do for me because God wouldn't do it the right way. Yeah. I didn't want to hear about how someone else would do it because they weren't, they weren't me. They weren't going through my thing. You just, quite frankly, you got to shut up. Mm-hmm. You got to listen more. You got to step out of yourself and you got to pray more. Because mm-hmm. I have had more clarity when I, when I stopped everything and I prayed, I focused on that and I, and I cultivated that prayer life. And mm-hmm. also for us, we're men, we got that testosterone pumping, work out, go yeah. for a run, clear your head, allow God to speak through you when you're not focused on your device or your computer or the kids running around, take some of that time. Jesus retreated to the mountain to pray. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Lazarus died, he, he, he got out of there. He had, he had to collect himself. He modeled that for us. Mm-hmm. You can do the same thing. And I encourage you to do so. I like what you said about retreating to the mountain. Uh, my younger brother, he, he passed away, but uh, that that's where he felt that, you know, a lot of times I'd ask him, I was like, Hey Rico, why aren't you going to church or whatever? And his biggest thing was he'd tell me, cause they all know me as Francisco, right? He'd be like, Cisco. He's like, the mountains is my church. He's a, that's where I feel closest to God. And he was an avid hunter. I mean, he was anybody who knows him, that dude was amazing at hunting, you know? And, uh, that's where he felt closest to God. That's where he felt his retreat, where he could silence himself for a moment to be along alone with his creator, you know, to, to take in the smells, to take in the, 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 the sounds, the peace, the tranquility that comes with being out in nature, you know, and this is a guy who was not religious by no means at all. But in that moment, when he was out there in that solace, he knew he was one with his creator, which is Jesus Christ. That's awesome. You know, and um, I know he's in, <clears throat> I get kind of uh broken up about that but amen. uh i know he's in heaven so amen we have a saying in orthodoxy may his memory be eternal i like that yeah i like that definitely um dave i wanted to talk to you here about you know we we talked about making it about us you know mm-hmm. it's 
pretty, the reason why I keep harping on that is because my wife used to tell me all the time. She'd come to me and she would be trying to tell me about what she was dealing with it. And I would make it about me and in my pain. Right. And she's like, you're making it about yourself. And I'm like, I didn't understand. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'm in pain too, you know? And um, I started, you know, looking that up and, and trying to get better and be like, okay, well, how could, you know, she's telling me this. So obviously I must have an issue with this, you know, and I don't want to have any excuse. Right. Cause that's, that's how I am. I, I don't like to, to have any excuse at all. So I started looking it up and what I came up with is a victim mentality. Mm, yes. Yes. I think a lot of times we want to say, woe is me. And it's not to minimize our pain at all. Cause there is very real trauma. There's very real stuff that has happened to us that has hurt us deeply. Right. Whether it be a father wound, whatever, you know, a breach of trust, whatever. These are truly, truly uh, deep traumas that we need to deal with. Okay. Yeah. But when you use that as an excuse to act a certain way, now you just have that victim mentality. And I think a lot of people are carrying that victim mentality around and they use it as a crutch. So they don't have to put in the work to step up to the next level. You know, they say, I'm acting like this because of this, you know, and they always fall back. It's almost like their fallback. I, I see that with a lot of men. I see that with even, uh, my father-in-law, he always tries to excuse his behavior because, well, this is what happened to me. And it's like, dude, get over it, bro. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Deal with the trauma, put in the work to get healed from that and then move on. Don't continue to treat people the, uh, the way you are. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, cause that's what I used to do, you know? So when I say that, I, I've been there. I, I, I know what I'm talking about. Cause I did the same exact thing. Yeah. You know, what do you think about that? Well, something that came to mind that my, my wife and I always say mm -hmm. is number one, is think about Thanksgiving or Christmas 20 years from now. Are your kids there with you? Are your grandchildren there with you? Your actions today, how you model behavior, um, depends on whether or not they show up mm. because there are, there are Christmases and there are birthdays and things that I didn't show up for because of the relationship I had with my parents, mm -hmm. because in many ways, what you talk about with your father-in-law, I dealt with them. They made it about them. They made my career choices about them. But funny thing is God has a sense of humor and he's using, he's showing me that as I do some of the things that I saw my mom and my dad do now to my kids who are six and four, mm -hmm. um, I better stop that. I better stop modeling that behavior. Cause what am I, what am I showing to them? You know, how, how are, what deposits am I putting in them that are going to inform their sense of self-worth? Mm -hmm. uh, I had a, a, a counselor friend of mine once tell me that, you know, we have these default recordings so that how and how we respond to different scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. So when, you, when if you're making it all about you, you're playing that victim card in many yep. ways. Um, there's a reason for that. Yeah, and yes, you're right. You, you likely have some kind of trauma that you experienced that maybe you haven't completely um, figured out 
but you know what? That's on you to figure out. You got to go get with somebody, get with a coach, get with your pastor, get with a priest, get with a counselor, figure that stuff out, unpack all that stuff mm-hmm. because it, otherwise it's going to weigh on you and you're going to keep playing this default recording that spews out the anger, the hatred, the, the anger, the, the angry words, the harsh temper, um, you know, the way you, you, you said, David, how, how you were treating your family when you came home, you got to correct that now, guys, yeah. because if you don't, and I'm still figuring this out, I'm, I'm not sitting here preaching like I know mm-hmm. it's, but I've experienced it and I'm trying to still fix the repercussions of me not acting the way God has, he, he, I'm a steward of everything that I have. Yeah. Of all the people that, that I, that are in my family, I'm a steward of them. When I, when I get, when I get up there and I'm, I'm being asked, you know, you know, I hope to hear well done, good and faithful servant, but at the very, mm-hmm. at, at the very same time, I could say, I, this is what I gave you. What did you do with it? Mm-hmm. I hope to have a good defense. You know, we say you, you know, we pray for a good defense against yeah. the judgment seat of Christ. We better have a good defense because our, the, the, the defense that we have is this, our, our everyday lives mm-hmm. and every single solitary thing that we've done and haven't done and, it's, and, and said and didn't say, it's all recorded there in the, in the book of life. And you better hope that uh, you have a good defense for the things that you didn't do. So I'm trying to encourage you guys, encourage myself too. A, a lot of times when I talk on my podcast, I'm talking to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hear that the pastors and priests, when they're writing their sermons, they're talking to themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you feel convicted and called out, it's likely not directed at you. It's directed at the priest uh, or pastor themselves. And uh, I, I'm, I still very much have, have work to do. And it, we all do. But yes, I encourage you to write that ship, you know, change that default tape that you're playing about yourself so that you can, you can um, show forth a better model, a better version, a new iteration of you mm-hmm. to the world and to your family. Yes, absolutely. It is a, a learned behavior that we default back to, um, whether it be from your, you know, behavior that you saw your parents mimic, right? Yep. Or a default mechanism to protect yourself, right? right? If you find yourself getting defensive, right? Every time it's because that's what you learned as a child to, to get defensive, to, to build up these layers like an onion to protect yourself. And then when you get older, you got this big old onion full of you know for lack of better words crap right and then now you got to get with somebody to unpeel that thing layer by layer by layer to get back to who you were meant to be and it sucks because i mean you keep putting up these layers and you know we see it all the time we see it in relationships with people call me and asking me and these people are afraid to open up to certain people and stuff like that it's because you have all these walls that you built up you built up these walls and guess what? Walls are built up to keep people out. Mm. Yes. You know, so who are you protecting? Who hurts you so bad that you feel you have to have these walls? You know, go to that, go to the root, you know, go to the root, cut down, you know, remove the root. That way the fruit in your life will change. You know what I mean? Cause at the end of the day, dude, if you just keep getting rid of the fruit, it's still going to, that tree that you have in your life is still going to produce that same fruit. And if you don't like those results that you're getting, cut that damn tree down and kill its roots. You know, you have to go to that source and that's where that deep work comes in, you know, and, and it sucks. You know what I mean? You got to put in that time, you know, and 
especially for you if you're if you're one of these fathers that works a lot and who's trying to provide and stuff like that you got to have me time seriously you got to get up early you got to spend that time you know with whoever it is that you believe in or whatever you know just get alone get alone by yourself right wake up a little bit earlier get alone get quiet and just say god help me something like that simple simple whatever you believe in or not and i guarantee you he will he will speak to you you know and that's what that's 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 what he wants to do he wants to help all of us he does um one of the things that i always used to talk to with one of my uh, good friends he was a line daddy he's like oh you you Christians are hypocrites, you tell me, and you'd be going off. You know, I'd just be listening to him, listening to him. And if you really listen to a person, you're going to, if you, if you listen intently, you're going to hear their hurts. You're going to hear where they're jaded. And then it finally came out that, you know, he never felt good enough that his father-in-law, because he was a construction lineman, right? And his daddy, his dad, his father-in-law was a utility hand. The utility hands never understood that construction hands, once their job was done, they would be laid off and they'd go on to the next big job. Mm-hmm. No, the next big job. Well, since his father-in-law worked at a utility where he was comfortable and he always had a steady eight, eight, eight to four job, you know what I mean? Nonstop. He was always getting paid a paycheck. He thought that this guy who was trying to live up to his expectations for his daughter, right, was a bag. Why are you always laid off? Why, why, why don't you have a job? You know what I mean? It's like, man, the job ended and the job completion. I got to go to the next one. Now I got to travel as a construction hand. So the guy never understood that. So he grew up with this resentment because he never felt good enough. Now, whether that resentment came from his own father or whatever, it was projected onto his relationship with his father-in-law, which in turn turned out to where he took that displaced anger on his father-in-law into treating his wife a certain way. Right. Right. And the fruit of that, I don't want to get into the fruit of it was not good. There's a lot of turmoil there, but back to what he was saying, he was saying, we were hypocrites. We were this, we were this and all this stuff. And I said, you know what? The only difference between me and you brother is that I know that I need help. And I went to the only person I knew who could help me. And that's Jesus Christ. That's it. I was like, you know, I still, you know, at the time I was still drinking. I was still chewing. I was like, I still drink. I still chew. I don't want to. I want to quit. And eventually I will. And guess what? I haven't chewed and I haven't uh, drank in 15 years now. Yeah. 15 years. But it wasn't no sermon or anything that took it away. It was actually my wife coming to me and telling me. When I got caught red-handed drinking all kinds of Maker's Mark and Shiner Bock, you know, and, and flipping burgers and hiding it, she came up to me and she's like, you know, I'm not going to be that wife that tells you what to do. She's like, but if you're okay with your daughter, we just had my daughter at the time. She was a little baby. And she's like, if you're okay with your daughter growing up and being accustomed to that smell, mm. she's like, and then finding someone who you know she smells that on and she's she doesn't know why she's attracted or drawn to that if you're okay with that then i'll leave you alone and she walked away 
And I was just blown away, dude. And that's what made me stop. Not no sermon yeah. on the mountain, not no uh, lightning strike you. Now you're going to hell sermon, nothing. It was that little thing. I wanted to be better at that moment for my daughter. I wanted to make the change. You know, my father never drank really in front of us. In fact, the joke was, we wish he would <laughs> because he was a mean son of a gun. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, my grandfather, who I spent a lot of time with, he was an alcoholic. He was calm and everything. He was one of those alcoholics who would withdraw and hide and drink his beer, you know, act like he was working on his 72 Chevy and he'd be drinking beer and telling you, Shh, you know, don't let anybody know. But, uh, you know, long story short, you know, he was an example to me uh, of, uh, you know, of that. And I took that upon myself and I had to break that for my family. But uh, Dave, thank, thank you for coming on here, brother. Um, I, I appreciate you just sharing with our audience everything that you had to say. I know this is going to help people out there. Um, how can people get a hold of you, brother? Sure, please. Uh, well, you can find me at daddevotionals.com and then everywhere on you know Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at, at daddevotionals. And also, if you want to check out Run the Money, if you need any kind of uh, business tips or anything like that, we're actually really focused on family business, family finance, you know, any, any of you guys out there trying to start a side hustle, you'll be able to get all your tips and tricks and what to do there. So that's runthemoney.com, all one word, runthemoney.com, and also all on the socials at runthemoney. And guys, for you listening, I know there's a lot of you out there that have the side hustles or shirts or decals or whatever. You know, your wives have these Etsy shops and stuff like that, which is awesome. I definitely recommend you check out his website. Like he said, he's got some amazing tips, even just for your Instagram account, just to make it pop a little bit better. So check him out. Once again, thank you, Dave. I appreciate you. And you guys keep being show up dads. Thank you. Thank you.